to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory and the glory of one and only son who came from the father of full, full of grace and truth. Yes, amen. We're so thankful that he did come here to live with us. Emmanuel, God with us. He's not a far off distant God. He is personal and he is who we're worshiping this morning together.
be seated. Well, today uh, we have something special that we're uh, um, going to do, uh, and it's something I love as pastor, and we have a baby dedication this week as well as next week, so come back for the sequel, if you will. Um, Jesus said, when the, um, let, the little pe- let them bring the little children to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And today we have uh, Cody and Bethany Maloney are bringing Miss Harper to uh, God today. So if y'all want to come on up, uh, family included, and make sure Harper makes it up here too. And uh, you guys can come on uh, and join me on the platform. Grandmas and grandpas, if you want to come, that's good. Get the family involved, okay? And of course, Miss Piper needs to be here because she's a big part of this as well, so... This is a special time in the life of each kiddo. And what really this is, this is mom and dad bringing their child to God with hopes of what can come in the future because of their dedication and how they're going to bring up Harper and, and everything. So there's some things that uh, we want to, to agree to. Um, you have a part in this too, so just hold on a minute. And uh, so in presenting this child, Miss Harper, hey, for dedication, you signify not only that your faith in the Christian religion is also your desire that Harper may early know and follow Jesus, to live and to die a Christian, and to come into everlasting blessedness. And in order to attain this holy end, it will be your duty as parents and grandparents and great-grandparents and the rest of your family but mostly you too. She lives with y'all, right? And so it's your duty as parents to teach Harper to early fear the Lord, to watch over her education and to see that she does not go astray and to direct her as her youthful mind through the Holy Scriptures so that she learns as much as she can about Jesus. If you endeavor to do so, please respond by saying we will. Awesome. Now it's your turn. Because this is not uh, a duet. It's all of us, right? We all have a part in how we raise up our young kids, right? That's why we invest a lot in our kids' ministry and in our youth ministry. Because we want people, especially kiddos, to know the love of Jesus early in their life. And so uh, I now ask you as the church, this ecclesia, right, this a group of like-minded believers, will you commit yourself as the body of Christ to support and encourage Cody and Bethany as they endeavor to fulfill their responsibilities to Harper and to assist in nurturing her in any way possible through prayer and through uh, good advice and especially just all-out support as we, as you are her Sunday school teachers, and youth mentors all the way through her life. If you do, please respond by saying, we will. All right. Awesome. Well, come here, sis. Hello. How are you? Hi, Harper. Are you ready for this? 
This is Harper Jane Maloney. Can you say hi to everybody? Yeah, no. So, Harper, today, I dedicate you to God in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. And we hope one day, we hope that one day she will choose to follow Jesus on her own accord. This is Cody and Bethany bringing her with that hope. And they're going to do everything they can to make sure that that happens, right? And then someday maybe we'll get to do the same thing and she'll get to express her walk with Christ as she gets baptized um, and things like that. But today we just hope and pray for the best things that God has for her today. Amen? Let's all pray. Father God, we love you. We're so thankful for Harper and what she means to you. That you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for her. For everything that she's going to do, Father, for the great things that are in front of her, we just give them to you today. And we thank you so much for Cody and Bethany and their willingness to bring Harper today to uh, the foot of the cross. And we just pray, dear Father, that you will protect and guide them all as a family. And for Piper as well, as she's a big sister and a great example to her, uh, to her little sister as well. Father, we love you, and we're so excited for what you have in store for Ms. Harper. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Yeah. So, here you go. Dad. So, on the event that Ms. Harper does choose to follow Jesus, I've written Harper a letter, and she can open that when she um, becomes a Christian and chooses to follow Jesus. So, uh, hopefully that's sooner than later, right? But we just hope that uh, she will choose that following that path, and then there's a certificate to dedicate, of dedication for you all. Let's... Let's give this family a nice round of applause and support. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, guys. Take this opportunity to, um, to pray, and uh, we know that there's many needs that are out in this, uh, in, in this group. Uh, whether it be health needs or just stuff at work or at home, whatever the case is, this is a great time to lift those up. And always, if you'd like to come and join, uh, just kneel at the altar, you're welcome to do that as well as a response as the way that you, in the way that you worship. But uh, most importantly, do pray. Uh, I'm going to lift up a prayer as well, but I hope that you do the same and uh, just give all your, cast all your cares today on him. Let's pray together. Father God, we love you, and uh, we're thankful for this time of year and the, the, the focus that we have uh, of uh, celebrating Jesus coming to earth, the Messiah, the one that for centuries was talked about and talked about, and they didn't know if it, that he would ever come, but God, you sent Jesus just at the right time. And uh, Father, as we go through this next week, as we uh, present the live nativity over two days and uh, hopefully uh, impress on our community what it means to us and as, as, a, as an individual, but Lord, what it means in our faith to celebrate your son coming to earth and all of the things that follow 
uh, come along with that. And we're so thankful for the purpose that Jesus had when he came, even as a little baby. His purpose was to go to the cross one day. And we're thankful, Father, for that willingness to sacrifice for us. Lord, today there's lots of needs in our, in our congregation, uh, whether they're here today or whether they're watching online or whether they just can't be with us today. We just pray that you'll go to each person, touch their lives, and give them peace. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Well, uh, if I'd like to ask our ushers to come forward at this time, we're going to receive our offering and our tithes today. And so um, if you uh, would like to, if you filled out one of those uh, visitor cards, that can go in the, um, in the little plate as well. And uh, we look forward to being able to connect with you. Thank you so much for your willingness to give. And uh, there's different ways you can see on the screen. If you're an onliner, you can uh, give in that direction too. But God bless you as you give today. Thank you. feel free you can stand and join us in worship song in the darkness we were waiting without hope without light till from heaven you came running there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of
flesh he dwelt among us he came here with that calling on his life right from birth he came here to die for us to be the perfect sacrifice as parents we can't imagine just giving up our child but you loved all of us so much that you would do that you would sacrifice your one and only son we thank you for the opportunity to be called your children in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Merry Christmas. It's a great time of year. Lots of different uh, traditions in your home with your family and uh, lots of fun memories, hopefully. But there are times in our life where that stuff changes and maybe Christmas and family time is not um, the best situation, right? And so we want to acknowledge that and know that we're praying for those situations. But this, uh, this time is a joyful time. 
And we start something new today as we approach Christmas and during this Advent time. So I have a question for you to lead things off. It's semi-rhetorical, okay? But, you know, let her rip if you want to answer. Would you say that we're living in a culture of joy? This is what I mean, okay? Where we practice gratitude. Remember that word? We've talked about that for the last month. Where we display a smile. Rare sometimes, right? Where we extend grace. Where we show love. Where we serve and submit to others for their benefit. Is that the culture that we live in? Or are we living in a culture of woe or oh boy, right? Where people are habitually triggered to anger. Where people display a frown as a way of life daily, right? Where people are for themselves more than others. And where pain and discontentment run rampant through our lives. Culture of joy, culture of woe. What sounds better, right? We think about that. The diversity of the term culture is... uh, is something that we use that word for a lot of different, I mean, it's used in a plethora of environments, right? So we have, uh, we have a church culture right here. This group of people, you're in a church culture where uh, we have certain traditions, okay? Uh, we sing songs that um, at this time of year, especially, right, where we're singing Christmas-type songs that, uh, that uh, focus on Jesus' birth. And um, the vocabulary we use in this environment, it's part of our church culture and how we respond to different situations opposed to other types of cultures, how they respond. That's part of our church culture, right? There's a team culture. Uh, if you're an athlete or have been a part of a team, it's just the way that a team will play together, like their attitude and their philosophy, the way the coach develops an offense or a defense and things like that. Um, but the, the type of players that you have on your team all contribute to your team culture, right? There's an ethnic culture, uh, which is probably where we want to steer things the most, right? And it, most of it's developed by your location, right? Our culture in Emporia is much different than in Argentina, all right? If there was an Emporia, Argentina, it would look different just by virtue of their location, right? Our expressed beliefs and uh, maybe even the foods that we eat and our daily behaviors and life practices, that develops our ethnic culture, right? And we have that here in Emporia. We have that as Kansans, and we have that as Americans, and it all just kind of ripples out from there. So the term culture, it has a lot of different, um, uh, it's used in a ton of different uh, situations, and here's how some pretty smart people, some scholars, have defined culture. Okay, These are just kind of generic but decent uh, definitions. It's a set of standards or attributes and goals and practices that characterize an organization. Okay, That's one way to look at uh, culture. It's an integrative, integrated pattern of knowledge, belief, and behavior that depends on the capacity for learning and transmitting that from generation to generation. So it's kind of successive. Culture does not just happen. 
and you say, that's a culture, and tomorrow it's the same, right? It's something that's developed over time, and then it's passed down, okay? But the streamline, like the, the closest, I kind of crammed all of them together and used as little words as possible. Culture is how you believe, how you talk, how you behave as a group, pretty much, okay? That's our definition of culture. So um, we have a team culture and a church culture, and there's all kinds of more, but have you ever considered employing or being a part of a culture of joy? Have you ever thought of it that way? Because joy is a pretty broad subject too, just like the term culture. It's pretty broad, but um, because it encompasses such a volume of different areas in our life, here's how a few different people have defined it. Webster, just a dictionary version of, it's an emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires, okay? Uh, One uh, Bible teacher um, said it this way, it's the inner peace and sufficiency that is not affected by outward circumstances. That's not a bad one. Uh, there's a pastor of a, of a big church in California. He settled a settled assurance that God is in control in all the details of my life. And the confidence that everything is going to be all right. That's kind of right there on the fringe. And then... Pastor Louis Giglio, he's a pastor in Atlanta. A durable and permeating gratitude. This is my favorite because of what we've been talking about for the last month. Durable and permeating gratitude rooted in unchanging outcomes. That's what joy is. So basic, as few as words as possible, it's a lifestyle of permanent and divine gratitude that is unchanging. That's what joy is. And then you push them all together, we'll have a culture of joy. That's what we're going to talk about for the next couple of weeks. But during the Advent season, which is this time of anticipation, right, and excitement of the arrival of Jesus Christ to the earth. That's what Advent, is. I mean, the word Advent means arrival of a notable person. So Jesus was fairly notable, I would say, correct? And so there, are, uh, there couldn't be a more significant arrival on the earth than the Son of God. And so this, this time in our church, uh, the Advent season is embraced and celebrated over weeks, over the four weeks coming up till Christmas Day. And there's a culture that even surrounds Advent, right? We participate in it. We sing the Christmas songs. We don't ever sing them in August. I don't know why. They're in the hymn book. We could have uh, all my life. They've been in, Christmas carols have been in the hymn book, and we only sing them for one month. We don't ever sing them in May. Would that be weird? But that, it's, it's doable. Well, maybe we'll crack them out uh, in the summertime and surprise everybody. But uh, there, there's also the, the culture that we have of lighting the candle and, and saying a few words about hope and peace and love and joy, which is what the four candles represent. And then the Christ candle that we'll light on Christmas Eve at our Christmas Eve service, 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve, little banner there. And and so that's all part of the Advent culture too. But during this Advent season, we're going to be focusing our thoughts and our hearts around what it means to be in a culture of joy, how we can develop that, how we can uh, contribute to that. 
and most importantly, what living in a culture of joy within our individual relationship with God and what that engages. So the first thing we want to talk about today is what a culture of joy is not, okay? Because we want to recognize what it isn't so we can know what it is. We're not talking about a lifestyle of happiness, okay? Because there's a lot of things that can bring us happy. Happy and joy are not the same thing, okay? Happy, happy is an instance. It's a point in time. It's, it's a blip on a timeline. That's what happy is. Happiness is chemical. It's, it's a literal chemical reaction brought on by something that happens, a stimulus to, to our, our minds or our bodies or whatever, meaning a good thing happens, okay? Something good happens to us, and immediately our body responds by releasing a set of hormones and em- enzymes to produce the feeling of the emotion of happiness, Happy is chemical, okay? The brain releases endorphins and oxytocin and dopamine and endocannabinoids, and this, this sounds so satisfying, doesn't it? Just the science of happy, right? Joy is a lifestyle. It's involuntary attitude, regardless of the circumstances. Good things, bad things, doesn't matter. You can still have joy, You don't have to be happy to have joy, meaning that it's a matter of our heart, not chemicals in our bodies. Regardless of the situation that you're facing, the status of your heart remains unchanged. That's joy. It's a product. Joy is a product of living God's way. There's a whole chapter in the book of Galatians that talks about it being a fruit Joy is a product or a fruit of the Holy Spirit that's living in us. That if the Holy Spirit is living in us, we're going to, you're going to see the effects and you're going to see fruit from, the, and it will, one of those is joy. It's love and peace and patience and kindness and there's a whole song about it. You can YouTube it, okay? For example, the difference between happy and joy. Christmas is approaching, amen, and happiness Happiness at Christmas is this right here. Are you ready? There's going to be presents under the tree, I hope. We have some under our tree, which is awesome. And you really, really, really want the 7,500-piece Millennium Falcon Lego set. And it costs $800. That's what you really want. You really want it. And you get under the tree on Christmas morning. You pull out the box with your name on it. And already your brain is releasing the, the chemicals, right? You're thinking, oh, that looks like the box. I'm excited. I'm going to rip it. I'm getting into that one first, right? And then the rest of the presents won't matter. And um, you rip off the paper, and there it is. Oh, the Millennium Falcon. 7,500 pages. It'll take you nine months to put it together, Right? But you're so happy, right, that you got the present that you wanted. And evidently, someone sold a kidney to purchase it, right? <laughs> but uh, be that, there's another version that's way less expensive. Um, but then you get, you get moving, and you're putting it together. And you can only imagine 7,500 Lego pieces, right? And you get to the point, and all that you find out, there's 572 pieces missing, 
that's not happy, right? Not even None of those chemicals in our body are letting go right now. When you find out that that many pieces, it's just like putting a puzzle together and there's one piece missing, right? You know what that is? Well, it's not happy. I know that, okay? So here's what joy is at Christmas, okay? Same presence under the tree. That's a good thing, right? And you get, you'll get to those later. That's what joy is. Because you have all your kids in the house for the first time in a long time. Okay? Um, and you're talking and you're laughing and you're doing the family stuff that you did as a kid. Maybe when your kids were little, those traditions, that's part of your family culture. That's joy. Because you're living out a lifestyle of divine gratitude. But here's what joy also is when there's no presence under the tree. And maybe your kids or grandkids, they're not able to be together with you that Christmas day. And the Millennium Falcon turns out to be a pair of socks. Right? But you still experience joy and the joy of Christmas. Because you know that Jesus came to earth to die for you. And that's why we celebrate it. Because you hold all of the memories that you have. Until of, of the Christmas stuff that you did with your family, until the next time you're able to see them and celebrate it and be together. And you really also were needing a pair of socks. So it worked out. That is what joy is, not the socks part. That's what joy is. It's spiritual and divine gratitude that's rooted in unchanging outcomes. Doesn't matter whether there's presence or people. You can still have joy, right? So happiness does not equal joy. Joy includes happiness, right? But we're going to talk later today that it also includes a lot more. But happy is not required to experience joy. In our life as Jesus followers, what we want to, uh, what we want to engage in and contribute to and to rest in is is what we're calling a culture of joy. Here's the definition of our culture of joy. Culture and joy, if you remember those two definitions here. It's living a life that experiences and expresses. That's two parts. They're both super important. Experiences and expresses uh, a series of shared attributes, values, practices that are anchored and rooted in divine gratitude. And so over the next couple Sundays, that's what we're going to get into and look at uh, what a culture of joy looks like and maybe what it doesn't as well. So today, we're going to start by thinking about um, in it, how we experience life and a life of complete joy and completed joy. And you'll know what I'm talking about by the time we get done. In the Gospel of John, if you want to turn to John uh, chapter 15 today, we're going to hang out there. And uh, Jesus, he's talking to his 12 disciples. And this is not a time that you would think about Christmas. John chapter 15 is just hours before Jesus is arrested to be crucified, to be tried and eventually uh, crucified the next day. And so he's talking to his disciples there in the upper room. They just finished dinner, and he's getting all this stuff off his chest. 
and he's talking about the things that they need to know in order to um, be functional when he's not here anymore. Because he knew what was happening, they didn't. And so John chapter 15, and verse, uh, we'll start in verse 9, and uh, you can follow along on the screen if you don't have your scriptures with you today. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this. I've told you all of this, that here's how you remain in in Christ's love, right? I've told you all of this, that my joy, this is the joy that Jesus has, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love one another. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. Jesus is sharing with us about a lifestyle. And he's talking about complete joy. Complete joy means love one another. Right? The, the command to end all commands, just three pages before. In chapter 13, Jesus tells them this is the greatest command. This is the one to end all commands. There were 614 before, now there's one. Love the Lord your God, with all, but now it's love one another as I have loved you. By this, everyone will know who you follow. You'll, they'll know that you're my disciples by the way that you love. And Jesus is telling them, in case you're not uh, sure, what extent, what's the deepest extent that love should go, uh, I'm going to tell you, okay? Laying down your life for another person. That's the deepest extent that love should go for you. Is that deep enough? Right? And, and that's exactly what he did just a day later. And this does not necessarily mean dying in someone else's place. But that's what Jesus did. That's the extent that his love went to. And that's exactly what Jesus was purposed for when he came to earth for us. Just hours after he said this, he was being tried wrongfully. And just hours after that, he was being tortured. And just hours after that, he was hanging on a cross, laying his life down for another. Jesus knew that the culture of joy was more than just an experience, right? We said that it's living in a culture of joy is an experience and an expression. And so um, he knew that it was more than just something that happens to us. A culture of joy is completed by the expression. Jesus said love is the most important thing. The experience is not just love alone without the expression. Love without an expression is like a can of paint. You ever paint your house? Maybe uh, your kids are rearranging their room and they're growing up and they want a new color. So what do you do? You just take the can of paint and you set it in their room. And eventually, the, the walls will turn colors, right? That's what happens. No, you have to get it out. You have to apply it to the wall, don't you? <clears throat> and paint, um, so, so this expression of love, with the experience of love alone is like a can of paint if it's not expressed. 
it's worthless, right? Without application, without the expression of pain on the wall, okay, it's incomplete. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. The ultimate expression of love, the ultimate, the ultimate of complete joy was Jesus laying down his life for us. And the, the culture of joy is defined in this expression. Here's what I mean. Yeah, if you look in the book of Hebrews, you can see a path that defines a culture of joy. And you don't have to uh, turn there if you don't want. But in Hebrews chapter 12, um, we can read, and it's actually a fairly familiar verse, uh, and, and we'll start in, on verse 2. Um, but the author of Hebrews says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the joy, there we go, right? This lifestyle, this culture of joy. Who for the joy set before him, talking about Jesus, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And you could not define a lifestyle of expressed gratitude, regardless of the circumstances, better than that right there. Who for the joy set before him. What joy was in front of God? What, what, what joy was in front of Jesus? Right, he's getting ready to go to the cross. Well, it's at the end, right? He's sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's the joy that's in front of him. And and what what was before Jesus when he was saying this? Right, when he came to Earth, the the time that we celebrate right now of Christmas. What was set before him? Death. For 33 years, Jesus got to think about how that was going to unfold. Death on a cross. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews talks, not just death, right? Death was bad enough. Death by an accident. Death by disease. All of that, it's bad. But death on a cross, that was memorable to everyone. Death on a cross was not a joyful experience. It's not something good that happened to you. Meaning... To make his joy. So Jesus endured the cross. That's the joy that was before him. But to get to the joy, he had to endure the cross. And meaning to make his joy complete, there was something bad going to happen. Right? Some bad stuff will happen. And Jesus knew it. He knew what was ahead of him. He endured the cross to get the joy. The cross was necessary as a necessary path to completed joy in his life, right? And even though the pain was going to be indescribable, Jesus endured. And even though shame of hanging on, hanging on a cross in front of everyone, naked and bleeding, in the worst possible state imaginable. Like, raise your hand if you love it when people see you hurting, like physically hurting. You get hurt on a on a on the field on the, in the basketball court or on a football field wherever you get hurt at work. What do you do? You excuse yourself because you don't want people seeing you in that state. Well, Jesus scorned that shame, and he endured. He en- he weathered the pain, and he deflected the embarrassment to get the completed joy. <coughs> excuse me, completed joy does not come without pain. It did not come without shame in Jesus' case. And Jesus walked through it. He endured the cross for completed joy. 
So when things are going well, we're happy, right? We have those, those endorphins cutting loose. But remember, happy does not equal joy. When things get hard in our life, true joy shines through the waves of all those bad circumstances because it's rooted in unchanging outcomes. Complete joy comes from a consistent and engaged relationship with Jesus Christ who gave us this example, the greatest expression of completed joy, knowing that it would cost him his life. So when things get hard, a developed culture of joy in your life is what helps us navigate through the hardships. And like I mentioned at the beginning, this time, this Christmas, this, this season of Christmas is not always just um, great feelings in people's lives. Because there's a lot of hurt that revolves around family in, in different ways. There's a lot of things that have gone unsaid or have been said too much. And that's ever true in our lives. Because our joy revolves around uh, a, a lifestyle of divine gratitude, not the current circumstances that you're facing. Because joy is a spiritual reaction. It's a spiritual expression, not a chemical reaction that is really involuntary. Your body just takes care of it. Well, it's our spiritual action and expression. Today, we have a reminder of what completed joy looks like in the form of the sacrament uh, of communion today. And uh, if our uh, worship team wants to come on up and prepare themselves, you can. Uh, today, our response in worship is to remember when Jesus expressed no greater love possible than laying down his life for another, for us, for you. Communion is, uh, is a great reminder of the sacrifice as well that God placed. He had to give up. He so loved us that he gave his only son. Cody and Bethany brought Harper today to dedicate her to God. Think about that situation that God was in, right? That he had to give his only son, knowing what was ahead, knowing what was required of him. And Jesus expressed that love by laying down his life for ours. And so our, uh, our opportunity today is to do what Jesus instructed his followers to do and to participate in, in uh, the remembrance and communion. So today we're going to distribute the elements, and if you've been asked to help with that, if you could come on forward, and uh, we're, we're going to distribute the elements and pass the trays through everybody. If you'd like to partake, we encourage you to do that. You don't have to be a member at, at our church to do that. You can, uh, we just ask that you profess to be a follower of Jesus. And uh, as the trays are passed, I encourage you, express your worship. We've talked about this in the past. Express your worship for the way, for, for what it means for Jesus to sacrifice his life for you. The greater love, completed joy was found because of what he did for you on the cross. And then uh, as, after everybody has been served, we'll partake together as a family, so...
body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it's broken for you. May it preserve you blameless into everlasting life. Eat this and remember that Christ died for you and be thankful. And that during that last supper together, he took the cup and Jesus blessed it. And he told the disciples, this is the blood, this is my blood that's shed for you. May it preserve you blameless into everlasting life. Drink this and remember that Christ died for you and be thankful. We're going to worship in song, uh, one more song today, and then uh, that will be our benediction today. Let me pray for us today as we continue through. We hope to see you all around this week through Live Nativity. And uh, we hope that uh, just a, a constant reminder that joy is not driven by our circumstances. It's not easy, but it, but it is true. And uh, the happy is okay too. But you don't have to have happiness to have joy. And we look forward to exploring what, uh, what kind of culture of joy that we can build within these walls today. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the ultimate sacrifice that you gave to us, this ultimate expression of love, that no greater love could, could have, nobody could have but to lay down your life. And you did that, Father, knowing full well, dear Jesus, that you, you knew what was ahead of you. You endured that pain, knowing that there was joy on the other side. Father, we just rest in that today. Father, grant us peace as we continue to worship and to talk about and to sing about and to experience the joy that you have placed in our lives. In Jesus' precious name, amen. You can stand if you'd like to. <clears throat> Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven, heaven and nature Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let all their songs employ. Well, fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. Joy, unspeakable joy, and overflowing wealth, no tongue can tell. Joy. 